Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hey everyone, welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library and this bonus episode. We're going to start with the God of Thunder. How does one heal from a sex magic ritual gone wrong? It had been 28 years since two arrogant adolescents stuck their hands in the fire. 28 years since I looked up at the sky and shouted, Bring me a master, and Loki's laugh, much like a hyena's, could be heard echoing around us. From that right came a black magician whose dark energy enticed me and almost killed me. 28 years trying to heal from the trauma and re-engage with life. Allow me to introduce myself. I am one of the walking wounded, ostensibly happy, successful at work, envied by others, in control. My nights up, pacing round the perimeter of wherever I happen to be living, are known only to my intimates. The flashbacks and nightmares were seen by few, and the deep, intense longing by no one. I shiver as I think of Alton still. Even in therapy, it's hard for me to admit my love for him, he who tried to kill me, who tried to steal my soul. I can still feel his claws on my back. I can still taste his cum. That acrid flavor with a hint of honey. I can still smell his musk, deep, dark, and intoxicating. I can still feel his teeth on my left breast as he broke the skin. My orgasm rips through me as I relive this moment, taking me by surprise. And then I can hear his laughter and his deep bass voice ringing in my ears. I took advice over the years from a variety of seers, tower readers, rune casters, and therapists. To heal fully, you must recreate the ritual, but this time, do it right, the seerist told me. I asked, what would it mean to do it right? The seerist replied simply, ask the gods to guide you, they will know. Newly dedicated to Thor, I kneel at my altar. My red, thick curls brush over my back. My blush deepens further, and my ears tinge with red. I bow my head and begin to breathe deeply. Within moments, the hair on the back of my neck and forearms rises. A shiver passes through me and my pussy becomes moist. My nipples rise as though someone is pinching them, and a soft moan escapes my lips. Hail Thor, my lord and master. Your devoted attendant requests your aid. I startle as I hear Thor's voice again booming in my ears. And what aid do you desire? my girl. Trembling, I make the request for the second time in this life. I wish to heal, to become congruent, to return to my core. Please bring me a master who can teach me surrender. 
It is done, comes the answer, thunder in my ears. I make offerings of flax and mead and thank Thor for his patronage. As I do so, bolts of lightning illuminate the night sky. Later that night, I turn on my computer. I decide to trawl, looking to see if Thor's choice is there and will reveal himself. An ad catches my eye. Not my typical type, but his words are captivating, the energy dancing off the page. Looking through his pictures, I decide he has one of the most incredible asses I have ever seen. I compose a brief introduction and wonder if I will get a response. I have a response within a couple of days, and it is clear from the first conversation that there is a connection between us. Despite the distance, the energy crackles up and down my spine. I can see Thor smiling as the conversation heats up. Kay sets my mind at ease, giving me all I need to make sure he's not a total psychopath, making it easy for me to set up safe calls, discussing limits and safe words like an adult, respectful with a confidence that calms me quickly. I ready myself to fly across the pond, looking forward to our first meeting. Before Alton, I dreamed of being a slave, not a submissive. I dreamed of giving myself over completely to a strong master who would not be cowed by my intellect, one who was able to outthink me, and one who would not be overwhelmed by my passion. After Alton, I learned to top from the bottom. My control increased in all areas of my life until I was so locked down that I rarely laughed. People rarely surprised me. My passion went into my work, later into my family as well. My magical practice evolved as I was working on healing myself and others. First I belonged to the tricksters, Loki and Coyote. Then I heard the call of the Acer, and Vanner and Thor and others claim me for their own. I have a list of things I will not do, my limits. He is quietly amused. He patiently waits for each item to disappear off the list as I relax more deeply. There was a dinner date planned for the first night. Both prudent grown-ups, we agreed that he would pick me up at the hotel and we would go out. Both of us are anxious to see if the energy that came through in our conversations would be as intense as when, when we finally physically meet. Neither need have been worried. We never make it out of my hotel room that night, ordering room service in the wee hours of the morning when we finally come up for air. I marvel in his strength. He is more solid than any man I have ever known. The feel of his arms around me is as instantly soothing, and it makes my pussy throb. The contrast of her skin, his semi-sweet chocolate and mine creamy with freckles, enthralls us both. His smell is intoxicating, the taste of his sweat a salty tang that bursts on my tongue. The sound of his voice makes my knees weak. I sink to my knees in front of him, looking up at him, pleading clear in my eyes. What do you want? he asks. I whisper. I want to suck your cock. The sound of his zipper being lowered causes me to drool. His cock is so sexy, a good size with a delicious curve. I breathe in deep, savoring his scent, and then swallow him. I moan around his cock as I begin to work on him, sucking and licking and moving faster, then slower, completely absorbed in the sensations of him in my mouth and throat. My pussy is dripping, clip-throbbing, nipples tingling. His hands in my hair make me moan louder and suck him harder. I am so close to coming, wanting to come when he does. I have no idea how long I was sucking on his exquisite cock, and I have no desire to stop. Time lengthens in a way it can when in the midst of a peak experience. When he comes, the taste of his semen is pungent with a slight hint of honey. I come as I swallow his offering, my body trembling, my pussy clenching. When I finally rise, I have rug burns on my knees.
the rough pain makes me smile. I still have a small scar on my right knee, the first permanent mark. He beats me with a paint stirrer. The pain makes me want to jump out of my skin. It brings me quickly into my body and soon makes me writhe with the desire to escape and writhe with the desire for more. He spanks me barehanded and the intimacy is so intense I do not think I can bear it. Then suddenly an orgasm moves through my body, surprising me with smoothness and intensity. By the time I leave to return across the pond, I have accepted his collar, surprising both of us. Twenty-eight years earlier, I agreed to serve Alton. There were no limits discussed, no safe words. Alton asked me to surrender to him. I agreed and experienced blessed relief. Relinquishing control to one stronger than I was an exquisite pleasure, one I had never known before, and all that I had imagined it would be. Until it all went wrong, and I barely got out with my life. This time, I'm determined to do it right, and only Thor and Loki know what that means. I have no intention of second-guessing gods. I wake from fevered dreams with Thor's voice booming in my head. I have bruises on my arms and my thighs. My pussy aches as though I've been fucking for days. Thor says, it is time. When we speak that evening, we discuss the planned ritual. It will be at the Citadel. The open dungeon space is perfect. There's a perfect altar suspended by thick chains from the ceiling in the center of the space. Is a wooden circular tabletop. We discuss the ritual in broad terms prior to arrival. We agree. I will clear the sacred space and call Thor and any others who choose to attend. He will handle the rest from there. We place items on the altar to be charged with energy and agree that at the height of energy we will perform a blood sacrifice, as demanded by the gods. The thought makes me completely weak. Bones made of soft clay refuse to hold me up. When we arrive, I clear the space. I start with a lesser banishing ritual, having done this ritual for so many years that it is second nature. From there, I walk the perimeter of the space, sanctifying it with song. And once returned to center, I invoke Thor. I feel Thor's presence filling the space and then feel his wife arrive. Male and female, both represented, I turn and face Kay. I walk naked to where he stands, clothed only in his collar. I slowly kneel in front of him, bowing my head towards his feet. He attaches my lead to his collar and leads me to the cage. I begin to shake. I hate cages, I think. But when he tells me to enter, I crawl in and try to get comfortable. He begins to lay out his tools on a stainless steel surgical tray on wheels. I delight in watching him, his strength and energy barely contained in his physical form. His power is riveting, radiating out from him, confidence without arrogance. His muscles clenching and releasing as he moves, his deep mahogany-brown skin, high cheekbones striking. Watching Kay reduces me to a liquid, slippery oil oozing from between my legs. Goosebumps rise on my body as I examine my surroundings. Feeling the cold metal of the cage bars as I wait, I feel a hand tangling in my curls, tugging on my hair. I cannot turn to look around. My master is in front of me, and no other corporeal human has entered the space. I can feel the grip on my hair tighten as I begin to form the thoughts. Thor? Yes, is the hiss in my ears. 
mine, the low growl that makes every hair on my body stand on end and sets me to trembling. Yes, Lord, I reply, my teeth chattering. Kay turns and acknowledges Thor. Kay approaches the cage and begins to poke me through the bars. My rage ignites quickly and I growl. I forget where I am and I bang my head on the bars. He dissolves in laughter. I rage further, refusing to laugh. He leads me from the cage. As soon as he touches me, the rage transmuted into raw fire, molten metal on my body. I feel as though I'm being coated in bronze, molded with searing heat until my liquid flows freely. Kay leads me to a spanking bench and ties my thighs and calves well, as well as my upper body to the bench. The roughness of the rope starts a friction of an electricity, making my nipples stiffen, my skin tingle and tighten. I'm not prepared for the first stroke of the flogger, a hard, long stroke to my ass, causing me to gasp. The next stroke comes quick upon the heels of the first, and he builds a rhythm quickly and surely. I ride the rhythm to a crescendo, and my first orgasm, smooth and sweet. He begins to spank me, the feel of his hand on me disoriented, too intense, too intimate. I squirm, trying to move away as his hand comes down steadily. No, I cry, as he slides a finger inside me, continuing to spank me harder and harder. What's my name, he demands. Master, I whisper. What's my name, he demands again. Master, I reply louder. He spanks me harder. What's my name? Master, I wail as I feel his cock enter my sopping pussy. What's my name? Master, I cry as he fucks me, unable to move to help him, to fuck him back. Come now, slut, he demands, and my orgasm tears through me. He withdraws from my pussy and slides into my ass. I moan in pleasure. He begins to fuck my ass slowly, deeply. Sweat begins to run down my back, pooling at the base of my spine. He takes a few drops on his fingers and shakes them into the chalice containing a few ounces of mead. He adds his own sweat and then scoops my juices from my pussy, adding them to the brew. He continues to stroke into my ass, smooth, even strokes, pulling his cock almost all the way out and then pressing in until his balls slap on my pussy. He digs his nails into my ass cheeks, drawing a hiss from me between my teeth. He digs them in again and is rewarded with a ragged scream as I begin to come, my ass pulsing on his cock, juices dripping from my pussy onto the bench. Please, master, please, give me your cum. Please, I moan. He fucks me faster, the growl roar beginning in his belly, causing me to tremble uncontrollably. Just before he lets go, he cuts me and himself, and we add our blood to the brew. We can hear the gods sigh in a mixture of contentment and relief. He explodes, his cum filling me to overflowing. He gathers a few drops and adds this to the brew. After our breathing returns to normal, we take the chalice and salute the gods. We dedicate ourselves to your service, he states, and we both sip from the brew. The rest is left for the gods to partake of. He places me back in the cage. This time I lie down and drift off, floating, relaxed, and feeling secure. As he sets up for the next half of the ritual, we've honored the gods. Now it is time to cement our contract, healing some of the wounds from my fractured past. 
He leads me to the horse bench, secures my arms above my head, to a frame as I kneel upright, riding the horse between my thighs. Kay starts with me blindfolded. I'm going to test your limits, he says. Yes, master, I reply. He begins on my back with a deerskin flogger, increasing in intensity and moving to the cat of nine tails. My screams are ragged as his rhythm increases. Take it, slut, he growls, and I moan, yes, master. I can feel the energy of the gods surrounding me, hear the laughter of Loki. He moves to my front and begins to use the cat on my breasts. More, he asks. Yes, master, take more, I moan. Time has lengthened again. My focus is so intense. I can hear him ask again, Do you want more, slut? As you begin to use the acrylic rods on my breasts, the pain so intent I am gasping. Take more, master, I moan. I can feel the walls give way inside, opening me further. Take more, master, I scream. I can feel his teeth on my left breast, the one Alton bit twenty-eight years ago right beneath that scar. He sucks my nipple in and bites. The sensation moves from deep burning through to needle-like pain, sparks exploding. Come, now. I can hear him command in my head as he sucks from my breast, my life, force. My orgasm is sublime indescribable in words. He begins to fuck my mouth. I swallow him whole, my nose buried in his pubic hair, feeling his cock down my throat, breathing at his will alone. I have not stopped coming as I suck him, my master completely consumed by my desire to please him. I can feel his orgasm build. He comes with his hands buried in my hair, sweet on my tongue. He takes me down and lays me on the bed, covers me with a blanket, as he begins to clean up the space. I drift peacefully, content to await the word of my master. I bask in his love and his energy. He gathers me up in his strong arms. I rest content against his chest, listening to his heartbeat. We say farewell to those who have joined us, and to the space, thank the dungeon owners, and head out into the evening to find a meal. I kneel before my altar, thanking Thor for the healing for helping me to fulfill my troth made 28 years earlier when I asked to learn surrender. Thor's thunder rings in my ears. Almost healed. Almost whole. Now you will serve. This is just the beginning. Stand before me. His voice resonates a thick bass. I am unaware of the splendor of the room. 
It is my privilege, my honor to do so, I reply softly. It has been a long time. Let us go somewhere quiet to talk. I incline my head. I don't trust my voice. How is the business, he asks. Well, I reply. Do you bring my word into the world, he demands. I hope so, I reply. Good. That is what I hear. I relax at his approval. What is it you want from me, I ask. As always, child, everything, he replies. Now that we are alone, come here and greet me properly, he commands. I stumble forward, am quickly caught in the circle of his arms, the velvet-covered solid oak. I am enveloped. I inhale deeply his scent burnt vanilla with a hint of spice. I have never felt as protected as I do in his arms. His lips find my neck, then my mouth, and he drinks deeply of me. His hands wander over my curves. I am more fleshy than the last time we met, softer, rounder. I worry that he will not find me pleasing, but he does not seem to mind, stroking and pinching my body, bringing the heat with his fingers. He allows me breath, pulls back, and looks down at me, holding me in the circle of his arms. It is good to look on you once again, he says. I look up into those deep brown eyes and mine fill with tears. Why do you cry, little one, he asks as he tastes the salt from my eyes. Too long. When I am away, I only remember a shade of you. I cannot keep your full presence in my mind. Now that I am here, I never want to leave again, and I know that all too quickly it'll be time for me to return home, I reply. Why not greet the time with laughter instead of tears, he chides me. Come, we will eat, then we will talk. Later we will make love, then it will be time for you to return home. Speak to me of what ails you, he says. It is unclear to me what you wish me to say. What is the word I must bring to the world? I find words so difficult to come by, to explain the fullness of your love, your care. How am I, mere mortal, to describe magnificence, I reply. You will find the words. It is not magnificence that you must describe, but congruence, authenticity. If a stole stays in my embrace, she is congruent. Then all actions that flow from her will be just and true. It is when you leave my embrace that doubt enters. In and actions become merely will, he replies. But is not true will the way, I ask? True will must come with compassion. Truth, honor, fealty to powers higher than yourselves. To your further development, the spiral rises ever higher. You have chosen a body for a reason. It is as you always expected it was. There are lessons to be learned whilst enfleshed that cannot be learned from without. There are lessons to be learned in time and space that cannot be learned when you are part of the limitless void. Duality has its purpose, but it is only one state of being. The original state of being is oneness. As you are now, you can only touch that concept in the briefest of fashions, at moments that feel as though they stretch to eternity. Once you have fully mastered the lessons inherent in duality, then it will be time for you to return home to the unity. Until that time, it is at moments that you are truly congruent, completely authentic, that you reclaim the feeling of unity. It is that mom 
at moments that you truly connect with your fellows, that you reclaim the feeling of unity within community. And my mission, I ask, to communicate this, to make this understandable to your fellows. Your life serves as a backdrop, a set of lessons to translate. It is not because you are above your fellows. All of you are special and unique. It is because you agreed to take on this task, to take this mission, that you have the gifts this time around. It is like you tell the others. It is not easy, for no path of growth is ever, ever easy. To appreciate great joy, you must appreciate great sorrow. To feel truly safe, you must have felt truly afraid. To know deep in your soul, you must have at one time been lost and confused and even deluded. It is the nature of a dualistic universe, the one you presently inhabit. Congruence is when you are able to integrate the dualities, keep cognizant of them, and act as one whole being, in keeping with your mind, body, emotions, and spirit. It is then that you act with authenticity, strength, and humility, and unity of purpose, he says. I am frightened, and when I am frightened, I freeze, wanting to hide under the covers in a fantasy until the danger is past, or until I feel strong enough to cope, I say. Have you not wondered about those fantasies you seek out? They are not escapes, as they continuously remind you of your mission, your responsibility. You do not have the benefit of all the gifts that the others have in those fantasies. Your world is more restricted at present. Acknowledge your fear, and then do as you have always done. Act. You are doing that now, sitting here, using technology to speak to me, though a large part of you wishes to run and hide, he says. That is true. I am tired. I need rest, I reply. You have rested. It is time. You will find respite periodically in my service. Too much respite and you become bored. When you become bored, you create dangerous challenges for yourself. There is no longer time to waste. You will be much more tired before this is finished, but much more exhilarated too, he says. What do I call this message? How do I frame it, I ask. You call it congruence, authenticity. You call it unity. You call it walking the tightrope, spanning the abyss, bridging the gap. Look to the bridge across forever. Reread the words of Bach. Study Haydn, Handel. Visit the places you used to call home. Think long on Silistra and how you can take from her philosophy. Frame it so it can be heard in this modern age. That it is not merely a saga, but rather allegory. My message is there. It is spoken to you. Take refuge and solace in it. We do not wish to make this too strenuous a journey. We wish you to experience joy, as our teachings can only be understood in the light of love and joy. All is not serious. You must retain that childlike sense of awe and hold fast to your passion as well. Passion speaks to you. That is why we use it so often to reach you. It touches you on the most basic human level, in the most basic of places. You are woman, truly, clothed in spirit, having bathed in star's breath, having experienced the bowels of the earth. Hold fast to your knowledge. To the secret of the eightfold spirit, for sevenfold is not truly enough. Use your sign, your sight, your vision, your hearing. Use all of your senses and then more. Go to work now. All will be clear as you write, he commands. And now I obey.
thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlorybethbisbee.com and drlorybethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at laurybeth at drlaurybethbisbee.press. Have a great week.